Hello, and welcome to American Nuthouse, where the lunatics have indeed taken over the asylum. I'm your host, the dyspeptic contrarian, and thank you for taking the time to listen to a grumpy old man complain about everything. I'm not an academic, historian, or theologian. I'm just an average American trying to have a laugh or two as a once great country sinks into the abyss. I apologize ahead of time as I was in a very big hurry recording this episode. So you'll get a personal peeve. I haven't finished my negotiations with a sponsor yet, but I'm hoping that that comes soon. Uh, But before I go any further, here's a bunch of recent headlines that tell you all you need to know about our current state of affairs. Bill Maher slams Obama's moral equivalency on Israel-Hamas. As I mentioned an episode or two ago, conservatives drool when they hear someone like Bill Maher criticize the left. But don't think that he won't fill out his absentee ballot for all the Democrats as soon as he has it in his hot little hands. Maher donated at least $1 million to support the man he's now criticizing as a moral dupe. You're a bit late to the party, Mr. Maher. Well, perhaps better late than never. New York City parent-teacher groups promoted pro-Palestinian student walkout as kids yelled, fuck the Jews. Still in support of those government schools, are you? Whatever happened to book fairs and donut sales? I hear that for their next fundraiser, they're going to have a dunk tank, and instead of the school principal, they're going to have the local rabbi as the target. They'll be making a slight modification to the event, as instead of throwing softballs at a bullseye in hopes of getting the rabbi to drop into the water, they're going to be throwing hard balls directly at his forehead. Disoriented Biden needs help from Arlington Honor Guard during solemn wreath-laying ceremony. The president elbowed the honor guard aside and proceeded to the podium to make a speech honoring America's veterans. He said, I know what it's like to sacrifice for your country. I remember leading the charge up San Juan Hill back in the Spanish-American War. Teddy Roosevelt gets all the credit for winning that battle, but if it wasn't for me, then Vladimir Putin would have won the war for the Spanish and we'd all be speaking Korean today. And I believe we have some Koreans here in the audience because I can smell the kimchi. The honor guard then reasserted themselves, took the president by the arms, and hustled him off the stage. Jewish mom orders Israel book from Amazon and receives copy defaced with pro-Palestinian stickers. When she finally got someone from customer service on the line, They told her that they didn't understand her complaint as she wasn't even charged for the stickers. When she told them that she was offended with the condition of the book and wanted her money back, they told her that that's the problem with Jews, always thinking about money. Furious, she asked to speak with a manager and was told that he can't come to the phone right now as he's at the dry cleaners picking up his kafaya. Indiana man kills wife with kids in tow on way to family photos at JCPenney. I'm gobsmacked. The word allegedly doesn't even appear in this headline. Killing his wife seemed quite unnecessary. I mean, couldn't he if he had just had her cropped from the photo? When the kids asked where mommy was, the dad, who has seen the godfather over a hundred times, responded that like Luca Brasi, she sleeps with the fishes. Rogue daycare workers busted for allegedly running child fight ring. 
I knew I couldn't go to headlines without allegedly making an appearance. The judge, a big PETA supporter, praised the defendants for using children instead of pit bulls for their fight ring. The owner of the daycare center denied any knowledge of these activities as he took some time out from a sparring session with one of his charges. Drug addicts and homeless plaguing San Francisco's downtown miraculously disappear ahead of Biden-Xi Jinping summit. They've been temporarily housed in suites in some of the toniest hotels in the city. Regular hotel guests are up in arms that they have to be so close to the detritus that they praise so highly when not within smelling distance. In order to keep some semblance of order at the hotel, heroin, fentanyl, and opioids have been added to the room service menu. Trump leads Biden in six swing states, with or without third parties. Pollsters said that his lead increases when they restate the question, assuming a Trump conviction in any of his current trials. Democrats are in a panic and are contemplating ways to remove Joe Biden from the ticket. Let me be the first person to say that Joe Biden did not kill himself. Palestinian woman whom liberal media compared to Rosa Parks is accused of threatening to drink Jews' blood and eat their skulls. I think someone needs to consult the dietary laws of the Quran to determine if Jews' blood and skulls are considered halal. How long do you think it'll be before the U.S. Postal Service comes out with a stamp in her honor? Ivy League schools are outbidding each other to hire her for their ethics department. UCLA students batter Bibi Pinata to chance of beat the fucking Jew. That's one way for a university to get its name mentioned in the same breath as the Ivy schools. And I thought that it was USC that Jews saw as less friendly to their kind. In order to take advantage and boost their standing amongst the Hebrews, USC has announced that Tommy Trojan will undergo a circumcision and then prepare for his bar mitzvah. Alabama pastor outed as trans curvy girl posted photo of a minor to encourage kids to transition. Does he want them to transition into overweight Alabama pastors? You know, it's time to panic when this insanity has infiltrated deep South evangelical churches. Pretty soon it won't be safe to let your kids out of the house, and you'll be thrilled if they spend all day in the basement playing video games. Woman's Apple Watch helped diagnose her diabetes after it first detected her heart problem. The Apple Watch had been telling her for months to stop stuffing her fat puss with fried foods and baked goods to no avail. Doctors said that the watch was able to detect her diabetes by the amount of methane in her farts. The woman rid herself of the watch when it tried to charge her $500 for the diagnosis. China grows first ever fluorescent green chimera monkey using stem cells. They put the monkey on steroids and plan on using it to do battle with Godzilla if Japan gets uppity. The Chinese are now making clones of this monkey and sending them to our southern border disguised as drug smugglers for easy entry. No word yet on whether they plan on infecting these monkeys with another man-made virus prior to unleashing them on the world. Doctors use breast implants to save lung transplant patient who nearly died from vaping. The man is recovering nicely and is said to be quite happy with his new 38 double Ds. 
The doctors had warned him against vaping, so he's agreed to go back to smoking cigarettes. He's also said that he's going to start smoking marijuana because he learned that a potential side effect are larger boobs. Megan Rapino says championship injury is proof that there isn't a God. Really? I'd say that that's all the proof you need that there's a God. Though to eliminate all doubt, the pitch should have opened up beneath her and swallowed her down to the fiery depths of Hades. Florida teacher fired after breaking so-called don't say gay law by using gender neutral honorific mix. It's MX. I don't know how you pronounce it. Well, it was that and the fact that he taught the class while wearing assless leather chaps. He was escorted from the school with a box of his belongings, which included classroom copies of Gender Queer and Lawn Boy. The LGBTQ community is showing its support and has named a local bathhouse in his honor. First photos emerge of cocaine found at White House. In the photo I saw, there was a big white powdery splotch under Hunter Biden's nose. For a change, Hunter actually had some clothes on when the picture was taken. And he's definitely learned his lesson, as he was not wielding an illegal firearm in the photo. Biden rips prick ex-Obama guru David Axelrod as 2024 tensions grow. The Obama crew is getting nervous about old Joe. Axelrod said he's too old to run again. Biden told a reporter, Let's see what kind of a man he really is. He hasn't got the nerve to say that to my face because he knows I'll kick his ass just like I did to Jack Dempsey in our championship bout back in 1925. I hit him with a haymaker after I distracted him by telling him that his shoe was untied. (laughs) I couldn't believe that he fell for it. He wanted a rematch, but I was too busy playing third base for the Pittsburgh Pirates as we won the World Series. No joke. Supreme Court adopts first-ever code of ethics after Clarence Thomas controversy. Now the justices will have to figure out how to pay for their own vacations on a salary of $275,000 a year. Other stipulations of the new ethics code prohibit the justices from caning their clerks and forbids them from wearing their judicial robes when attending Georgetown sex parties. 440-pound man who slaughtered girlfriend over breadcrumbs in bed, freed thanks to bad prison diet. You just can't make this stuff up, folks. I've heard of slaughtering someone for eating crackers in bed, but breadcrumbs? My guess is the girlfriend needed to leave a trail of breadcrumbs in order to find her way to his schmeckle, if you know what I mean. California middle schooler banned from sports over blackface, but group says he was just wearing eye paint. I saw a picture of this kid. His eye paint covered nearly his entire face. This kid and his classmates performed a minstrel show for the school's talent contest. They finished second to a couple of seventh graders doing a step-and-fetch-it routine. You know, I always suspected that California was a hotbed of racism. Unprepared hiker rescued from Colorado mountain in snowstorm, wearing only a cotton hoodie. Well, these are the kinds of things that happen when you legalize drugs. When rescue was found him, his face was blue, and he was rambling on about how he saw God, and God looked an awful lot like Snoop Dogg. He nearly caused an avalanche while screaming, 
My bong. I lost my freaking bong. Trump on track to beat Biden in electoral college survey fines. That's the high sign for all you Democrat cities to start manufacturing votes. My prediction is that there will be loads of clogged toilets come election night. I also predict that sometime in the next nine months, old Joe is going to slip on a banana peel. Fed up migrants who trek thousands of miles to U.S. already heading home. Apparently, the food they're being served while housed in those five-star hotels just isn't up to snuff. They got offended when they were charged for data usage on those free cell phones they were given. Sorry to see you go, but don't let the border hit you in the ass. Migrant crisis has U.S. taxpayers on the hook for up to $451 billion, House GOP report says. Uncle Sam said to just put it on his tab, a tab that is now significantly higher than the one rung up by Tommy DeVito at the Bamboo Lounge. And I thought the idea of immigration was to make the country richer. Present-day America would make the Emperor Nero blush. 86-year-old Florida man dies after being run over by his son several times outside bar. There's just nothing more heartwarming than the bond between a father and son. Am I right? Shocking that this happened outside of a bar. The medical examiner listed the cause of death as COVID. Over 100,000 take to Paris streets to protest anti-Semitism in the wake of Israel-Hamas war. How about that? One country showing the world how it's done. And while I'm at it, let me give a shout out to Senator John Fetterman for showing his support for Israel. He's been waving an Israeli flag in the face of these Palestinian protesters. Way to go, Shrek. Maybe the rest of those nimrods serving in the Senate ought to have a stroke. Drunken daycare owner charged with attacking husband with bat in front of three children. The odd twist is that the bat was not a Louisville slugger, but one that sleeps while hung upside down that she had imported from a cave in Wuhan. The husband was last seen coughing up blood while clawing clawing the teeth from his mouth. She told the children that if they breathe one word of the incident to the police, she's going to institute a fight ring like the daycare owner down the block. And finally... Carpenter sues power tool company after a nail fired through his tongue and into his skull. His lawyer said that the power tool company is liable because there was no warning on the nail gun that said not to insert it into his mouth. The carpenter was on site at a construction job and during his lunch break decided to use the nail gun to remove the fat that his undercooked roach coach carnitas had deposited in his teeth. When asked if he had learned anything from this experience, he said yes. Next time, I'll order a hamburger. All right, that's enough for headlines. I'm going to give you a personal peeve. It's been a little while. And my personal peeve is the New York Jets. This team has put me through a living hell for going on nearly 55 years now. I started following football in a serious way beginning in the 1968 season. The Jets were then led by a charismatic, game-changing quarterback by the name of Joe Willie Namath. His right arm and unflappable confidence led the Jets to an 11-3 regular season record and his being named the AFL's most valuable player. In the AFL championship game, the Jets defeated the dreaded Oakland Raiders in a typically blustery wind-whipped Chase Stadium, 27-23. 
and as a 19-and-a-half-point underdog, went on to upset the Baltimore Colts and became the first team from the American Football League to win the Super Bowl. That game still stands as one of sports' greatest upsets. As a 10-year-old whippersnapper, I figured there'd be lots of good times ahead while rooting for the Jets. (laughs) Boy, was I wrong. In the years since that championship season, the Jets have yet to make it to another Super Bowl. They've played in four AFC championship games since then, but have lost all four. And since Joe Namath last played for the Jets in 1976, they've had no success in finding their next franchise quarterback. It's it's a fairly common refrain among sports enthusiasts that playing quarterback in the NFL is the most important and difficult position in athletics. It requires both physical and mental acuity, and getting the right person at that position can make your team a serious contender for a decade or more. Over the past several decades, quarterbacks such as Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, John Elway, Troy Aikman, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers have all led their teams to championships and kept their teams at the top year after year. Let me know if any of these names sound familiar to you. Richard Todd, Matt Robinson, Pat Ryan, Browning Nagel, Neil O'Donnell, Ray Lucas, Glenn Foley, and Brooks Bollinger. These are just some of the has-beens and never-wers that have played quarterback for the Jets since Broadway Joe departed this scene. Yeah, they've had a few decent QBs as well, like Ken O'Brien, Vinny Testaverde, Boomer Esiason, and Chad Pennington but these players had maybe a good year or two and weren't able to sustain the franchise. And over the past 15 years or so, some supremely talented quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford, Andrew Luck, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts have entered the league, while the Jets have drafted stiffs such as Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold, and the latest turd, Zach Wilson. And keep in mind, each of these losers were drafted no later than pick number five in the first round, with Zach Wilson being the second pick. Mr. Contrarian, I dispute you're including Mark Sanchez with those other two incompetents. After all, he did lead the Jets to two consecutive ASC championship games. Well, let me tell you something. You know less about football than you do about politics. The Jets had an incredible defense those two seasons and made it to the championship games those years despite Mark Sanchez and his mediocre quarterbacking. It boggles my mind how bad the Jets have been at evaluating talent at this position. Every organization is capable of making a mistake or two in the draft. It's not an exact science, but the Jets have shown themselves to be failures at it time and time again and under different general managers. There are 4 billion men on the planet, and the Jets are incapable of finding one that can play the position while not being an embarrassment. Hell, the NBA finds gems in Serbia, Croatia, and Slovenia, so why don't the Jets have scouts hanging around the Balkans in hope of finding the quarterback equivalent of a Luka Doncic or Nikola Djokic? I find it hard to believe that there aren't at least 32 people on this godforsaken orb that can play the position in a competent manner at any given time. But alas, there are lots more people capable of engineering space travel than reading a defense and getting rid of the football in less than 2.3 seconds. 
The Jets' most recent playoff appearance was in 2010, and they're the only team in the league that hasn't been to the postseason since then. This season started with a ray of hope, as the Jets were able to bring in Aaron Rodgers. Though 39 years of age, he brought with him one Super Bowl victory, a Super Bowl MVP, and four regular season MVP awards, the most recent in 2021. It was the most excited I'd been about a Jets quarterback since Brett Favre in the 2008 season. I guess it takes the Jets pilfering graying QBs from the Green Bay Packers to get the juices flowing. So what happens on the fourth play of Mr. Rogers' tenure with the Jets? A torn Achilles tendon that has him out for the entire season. The football gods stuck it to the Jets good and hard this time. A quick aside, Aaron Rodgers claims he'll be back before the end of the season, and I sure hope that's true, though I have my doubts. Now much to the surprise of Jets Nation, after the first seven games of this season, with all Hackett Zack at quarterback, they were a respectable 4-3 and three and in the thick of the playoff hunt. Yeah, they pulled out a couple of near-miraculous victories and their offense stunk worse than a stuffed-up toilet in the Bowery, but hopes were high going into last Monday night's game against the former San Diego Chargers, who had the 32nd worst pass defense in a 32-team league. What a perfect opportunity for the baby-faced Mormon, with a rather hot mother, I might add, to get the Jets to within a half game of the lead in the AFC East. And as Jets fans have come to expect in the past half century, instead of extending their win streak to four games, they left a big, wet, steaming pile of dung on the field as they were only able to put up six points on a defense that in their preceding seven games were being compared unfavorably to a wet paper bag. So now the Jets head into Sunday night's game with the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm recording this episode prior to the game. With Zach the Hack still their starting quarterback. Fans were begging the Jets to trade for a quarterback prior to the Halloween deadline, but all we got were a bag of rocks. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Vikings, who also lost their quarterback to a torn Achilles, traded a sixth-round pick to the Arizona Cardinals for Joshua Dobbs, who's already led them to more touchdowns in two games than Wilson has for the Jets in September. All we ask as Jets fans is, when will the suffering end? This month, I have officially been enrolled in Medicare. When the Jets last won the Super Bowl, I was halfway through the fourth grade. The most recent season that the Jets had, a record over 500, was 2015. I've lived through several horrendous seasons that should have earned the Jets a demotion to the Lingerie Football League. They've managed to, fi- to finish the season 4-13 and once, 4-12 and a total of seven times, 3-13 and once, 3-11 and three times, thank heaven for 14-game seasons, 2-14 and once, and for the pièce de résistance, the 1996 season, when they finished 1-15. I couldn't be more of a masochist if I watched Jet games while bound and gagged at the mercy of a leather-clad dominatrix brandishing a, cla- a cat of nine tails. It's Jet's folklore that Joe Namath sold his soul to the devil in order to emerge victorious in Super Bowl III. As part of the bargain, the devil mandated that the Jets would not win another championship for a minimum of 50 years. Well, those 50 years are up, and it's about damn time that they win another one. And hopefully that'll happen before I ascend to the big gridiron in the sky.
Well, that's enough for today. I've got to get ready for another business trip that will cut into my podcasting time. Got to pay the bills somehow. Still no sponsors, but I expect that to change in the very near future. If you enjoyed this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell a friend. If you would like to get this podcast automatically, then please subscribe. If you would like to drop me a line, you can email me at americannuthouse at gmail.com. That's americannuthouse, one word, at gmail.com. I hope you join me again next time for another episode of American Nuthouse. Until then, this is the Dyspeptic Contrarian, signing off. Thank <laughs> you.